we rarely see guys get have like have their ankle stepped on as a first baseman. But the fact that it happens on back-to-back plays seems a little fishy to me. And it's interesting, as I've, as I've seen on social media right now, the reaction is kind of like, why aren't we talking about this more? Like, why are we just talking about the F-bomb? Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen of the United States. We're speaking from our box directly behind home plate. But you fans don't need to have me tell you what this is all about. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 Take. The official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. Here are your hosts, Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. What up, what up, and welcome back to the 3 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. This is episode 81. I'll be your host, Kyle Korn, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate, where's your head at today? Oh, boy. I honestly didn't even think about it. My head has kind of been fried, considering we haven't had a day below like 100 degrees here. And I'm jealous of watching all these East coast games and seeing like a ton of rain delays and rain in general. Cause I like rain and we don't have any ever. That is wild. I'm not going to lie, but I thought your first comment on here would have been about the fact that you're beating me in fantasy right now. No, I thought you'd uh, bring that up for me, which I appreciate. Uh, no, you I'm not. No, I mean, I'm not going to willingly sure. bring that up. Should we talk about the score? What? No, we don't need to talk about that. No? Still got some time. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, we can... uh, Perfect timing is we'll have an answer, or I should say outcome, um, of how big of a victory I will have this week by the time our next episode is All right, so uh, this day in baseball history, July 19th, we're going to start us off... I'm going to start us off here at 1915. The Washington Senators steal eight bases in one inning off of Indians catcher Steve O'Neill. The first inning thievery establishes a major league record for stolen bases in a frame. I'm retiring if I'm letting up eight stolen bases on me. Here's the thing. It's it's not even the eight bases that gets me. It's the fact that they had to include the fact that it established a major league record. It's like, I I would hope so. Like, (laughs) if there's anything worse than that, like, eh. Not to mention it's 1915, <laughs> so it's not like a whole lot of records have been have been uh, sticking true. around That's too true. long. Uh, moving right along here, 1946, during a contest between Chicago and the Red Sox, Red Jones ejects 14 members of the White Sox for their bench jockeying, which was initiated when the ump warns White Sox hurler Joe Haynes after Ted Williams is knocked down with a pitch. It was reported for years that um that the ump's anger may have been raised by a ventriloquist sitting behind the visitors' dugout, but during what? but during interviews with the participants of the game, it is revealed that many of them believe the incident was initiated by third base coach Mule Haas, who wasn't thrown out of the game but was known to be more than capable of making rude sounds and infuriating remarks. A lot to process there, but I hope you I hope you got all of that. Um, something about a ventriloquist. Something about rude remarks. It sounds like people were just as soft back then as they are now. Uh, I wouldn't go there. I mean, 1946, we're talking about the greatest generation. <laughs> the only thing, I mean, the biggest thing I got out of that was, and there's a spider dangling from the mic. Nope, nope, well, nope. See ya. Nope. That was a that was a welcome interruption. End uh, of the episode. Yep, I'm done. I'm I'm packing it in. Uh, no, biggest thing I got from that was the fact that 14 White Sox were ejected. How does that even work? How do you how do you continue w- with the game? You have 14 guys ejected. True. I'm gonna have your closer playing left field eventually. What is that about? I mean, I don't even know how many they had in the dugout at that time. Like, what was the roster size? Who knows? But I also, like, your manager was a player sometimes. So, like, I think that was still back in that time. So. Yeah, it's likely. Still, that's a lot. Your your bench coach just, like, pinch hits and becomes a shortstop for the rest of the game, I guess. 
or really getting the fans involved somehow. Uh, 1973, in an effort to quell a controversy over deserving players not being selected for the All-Star game, Commissioner Bowie Kuhn grants permission to both leagues to increase their roster size to 29 players for the upcoming contest in Kansas City's Royal Stadium. The NL selects fading superstar Willie Mays with the AL adding Nolan Ryan, who was not originally picked, get this, was not originally picked by the AL manager Dick Williams, although Ryan was the first pitcher since Johnny Vandermeer, the starter in the 1938 All-Star game, to have two no-hitters before the break. Imagine, imagine not picking a pitcher who had two no-hitters before the break. That's insane. What year was this? 73. So basically the issues we're dealing with now with not having, yeah, I was say. <laughs> not having the right guys in the game. Sounds like they were dealing with this in 73. Yep. Imagine calling Willie Mays a fading superstar. <laughs> Imagine that. 1982. Tony Gwynn doubles off of Southpaw Sid Monge for his first major league hit. The 22-year-old rookie outfielder who will end his Hall of Fame career with 3,141 hits, goes two for two, two for four with a sacrifice fly in the Padres' 7-6 loss to Philadelphia at Jack Murphy Stadium. So nothing necessarily wildly important about that. No, these are long Dude, I know. I'm, I'm dying over here. But uh, figured one of the greatest hitters of all time. Sure. Notching his first major league hit. Did you know, Nate... Gwyn hit below 300 just once in his career. I mean, make him matter, bro. I mean, make batting averages matter. I mean, you and I have talked about batting averages only seem to be important when you're really trying to promote a guy or when you're trying to put a guy Hurt. down. Yeah, that's but, it. But that's, but that's wild. 300 once, below 300 once in his career. And it was his rookie, love- it was his rookie season. I love like the crazy stuff you read about Tony Gwynn's stats. Like, what the what was the one that he's had like more four hit games than he's had multiple strikeout games in his career? Yeah, there I read one where it was talking about how there was like a, a handful of seasons where he had more stolen bases than strikeouts. <laughs> like who does who does that? Yeah. Uh, one, another one I had here: if if he went over four for the next two hundred and ninety five games. He'd still have a career batting average of over 300. Insane. 0 for Stunned. 4 for 295 games. Batting average goat. Batting average matters. We need to make we need to make a T. Facts. Big facts. Speaking of which, a little plug here for the old commissioner T. I was I was hoping for transition. Dropped a uh, baseball needs a new commissioner tee in the shop. So if you haven't seen that, check it out, Nate. I know you've seen it. You're a big fan. Cannot wait to wear that when I'm in Colorado. Yeah, baseball needs a new commissioner. Shout out Manfred. Hashtag impeach Manfred. You're a joke. Get out of the game. We're done with you. See ya. Uh, but yeah, shop.dtdbaseball.com. Uh, anyway, that does it for baseball history. And I'm exhausted. I, you're exhausted. I had to read it. Uh, figured we could jump right into this, um, mannequin Machado conversation. Good Lord. You, you, here's the thing. You nailed it last night when you were like, you've been looking for a reason to dislike this guy again. Yeah. You were, you were getting soft. I, I I was getting so soft, but I am so glad that this happened. (laughs) You had to know this idiot would say something again or do something again to piss you off. Here's the thing. I'm starting to think that he was missing the spotlight and was like, you know what? I've been out in San Diego for a little bit too long and I haven't been in the news recently. So maybe I need to just do something idiotic. And I'm guessing that's what he did. Had to be it. He had to get. Yeah, he probably got bored. Unbelievable. So if you haven't heard the story, basically Machado gets on Instagram live. I guess it was like Tuesday or Wednesday. I think it was Tuesday. Uh, gets on, well, first, before he hops on Instagram live, makes it vital that he takes his shirt off 
which yeah, what? beyond me, don't get it. Takes his shirt off, hops on Instagram Live, and basically is talking to his people on there while simultaneously playing MLB Network in the background. And essentially is just ripping the broadcast crew for their takes on the whole Jake Marisnik, Jonathan Lucroy situation. Yeah. Um, and basically just going off about how it's a racial thing and how if if it was him that took out uh, Lucroy that he'd be suspended for 20 games and it's because it's a he's a Latino and basically saying that this MLB crew is just protecting quote unquote their people, whatever that means. Yeah. What? Like last I checked MLB networks, people are baseball people. So it's like, if you're not one of those people, then don't really know what you're talking about here, Machado. But yeah, like I know you, I know you saw it. And I, in fact, I was, we were on the phone when you saw it. So I got the live reaction, but I know you had had a little bit of a take on this speechless first of all when i was when i was watching it i was like i i don't even know what it hurt my brain to listen to that guy talk um second of all i i don't understand why he referred to himself in third person so many times uh i uh i don't really get that nate doesn't understand that kind of stuff but when i see what you did there ah, clever when you're bringing not only yourself into a situation, but you're you're bringing race is never about this. This would never was in this situation. It was never in this conversation at all. So I don't understand what that was about. Like why that you're just putting fuel onto a fire that really wasn't even hot yet. Like it wasn't even a fire, and you just totally blew this thing up and made it about yourself, made it about your race. It had nothing to do with you. It had nothing to do with any race. It was just the fact that it was a baseball play that ended up being pretty brutal. So why do you have to insert yourself? Like, I understand. I think I, the article that we read kind of talks about how um, Eric Burns has pretty much had some beef with Machado for a couple years. And there's been multiple tweets and multiple deletions. Deletions? Is that right? Why does that sound weird? It's 2.30 in the morning right now. It sounds right. We're just going to... Let's just go with it. Deletions. Weird. Um, that, sounds like, uh, that sounds like Joey from Friends when he's like, supposedly? <laughs> did they go to the zoo? Supposedly. supposedly. <laughs> uh yeah, I don't understand why um, you need to insert yourself into this. It's it's a total joke. You're a douche, and you're a bigger douche now. Yeah, my biggest thing on this is, and you kind of alluded to it, is inserting yourself into the conversation. You had no part of this conversation. They were not talking about you on MLB Network because they had no reason to talk about you on MLB Network. You decided to take upon yourself to insert yourself into this conversation and bring race into it and say, oh, if it was me, they'd suspend me 20 games. Well, probably, Machado, they probably would because let's not act like you don't have a history in this game of being right. a piece of crap, dirty baseball player. Like, let's not act like just because you've been out in San Diego for a, a few months that that's all been wiped away. You threw your back. was for you. you threw, yeah, we're close, but we're back, baby. We're back. Throws his bat at Donaldson at down at third base. Spikes Pedroy at second base. Spikes up. Spikes Aguilar at first base. I mean, he's he's had an incident pretty much everywhere around the diamond. And then he's going to act like, oh, they're just going to get on me because I'm Latino. And then he's saying, like, Latinos look out for each other. These guys are just looking out for their people. Get you are a disgrace to the game. Like what a joke. Nobody, yeah. if anybody takes that that rant seriously, or they think, "Wow, this guy's really making some good points," just you, you, I have no time for you. Just get out. It doesn't make sense. Like, and that's kind of. I mean, we're kind of going off of little bit here but i mean this is what is 
kind of wrong with society right now is that it's like everyone has to be the victim and he has to make himself the victim and it's like why like if you want to be the bad guy you can't be this like emotional like just pity type player like you can't have that attitude if you're gonna be the bad guy be the bad guy but don't be soft and say that oh like everyone's coming after me if it was me like i would have been suspended 20 games it doesn't make any sense as to why it would be a racial thing um completely unnecessary and i'm sure people are listening to this like well he's done a good job because we're talking about him now no sorry not a good job um we're always going to talk about this idiot because he's always going to be in the headlines for stupid stuff. And it's going to trump anything he does in a good baseball fashion. It's, it's always going to do that. You finally lead your team to a World Series or whatever, and you make yourself a valuable member of a team, and then you spike somebody on the, on the way there. or You know what I mean? And now you have the whole country rooting for you and making a meme out of you when you strike out for the last out. So I don't understand why he continues to do this stuff but man i'm down for a villain i'm always down for a villain i'm pretty sure last episode i said he was the og of the bum list so he created it maybe maybe i was like foreshadowing something that was about to happen maybe i just have that type of power i think you do i appreciate that yeah, and and like you mentioned it, like we're talking about it, so people are going to be like, "Oh, well, he's he accomplished what he set out to do." No, we're talking about him because he's a bum and he's a disgrace to the game. We're not talking about him and going, "Wow, you know what? He really made some great points about racial bias and everything." No, if, yeah. if somebody, if, maybe if it was somebody else that brought up this that didn't have the dirtbag past that this guy does, maybe, maybe we're talking about it in that sense, but. You can't act like this is just because you're a quote unquote Latino. This, if you did get suspended for 20 games, which seems to me, that seems a bit outrageous, seems to be a a bit of an exaggeration. But if you did, it's because of what you've done in the game. You can't forget that. It's because you are a disgrace to the game, Machado. So it's like the thing that gets me is he, like we said, he inserts himself into this conversation knowing that there's he's going to get backlash about that. People are going to look at this and be like, why would anybody be surprised if you did take out Luke Croy intentionally? Like that you're not above you're not above that. Like that is yeah. the type of player that you are because you've we've seen it in the past. You've done dirty things like that. So he's not only inserting himself in a conversation that he doesn't belong. He's inserting himself in a conversation where it puts him in a really bad light. So it's like I'm not it kind of like you said, it hurts, it hurts my brain because it's not making any logical sense as to why he would put the light on himself in this context. I don't, I just don't get it. Just stupidity. It just, it's sheer stupidity and it hurts my brain. Well, that's all I want to talk about on uh, mannequin. Don't want to, don't want to harp on that too long. In fact, you know what? Did you I'm say a- long? Wow. Oh. I did say long, Nate. Thank you for paying attention to what I what I say on this on this show. Wow. Why do you there's, ask? Why do you ask? I mean, there's nothing better than a long hard. All natural. Shaft of wood with a clean knob that you can grab to use at your leisure. Thanks to Zinger Bats. You now have a variety of options to choose from. Creating custom bats for the pros since 1998, Zinger Bats is setting the new standard in professional baseball bat production. From their X71 Pro Maple to their bat gun case, you have all you need to light it up on the field this season. Best of all, Zinger Bats Company is now the presenting sponsor of the 3 Take. That is me and you, and they want to show you, our listeners, some love. The next time you visit zingerbats.com and stock up on some lumber, use promo code DTD to save 10% off your order. Again, use promo code DTD to save 10% off your Zingerbats order. For that big league fill off the barrel, look no further than Zinger. I wonder if they're using, like, they should use this in their next commercial. 
This is just beautifully written. Yeah, you're welcome for that. Also, Nate, for that big league feel off the barrel, uh, you can check out SeatGeek. It's the answer to all your ticket needs. Are you looking for tickets? <laughs> Do you have plans with friends or family to make it to an upcoming game or concert? Or Worst transition ever. Are you even looking months ahead to nail down a gate? To are you Karma. even getting? Are you even getting months ahead? No. What am I saying? Are you even looking months ahead to nail down a date to get tickets before <laughs> they sell out? With SeatGeek, you can find tickets to games, concert shows, and even theater performances with just a few easy clicks. We're making it even better for you if you're a first-time user. SeatGeek. That's the toughest line in the in the read. Whatever you say, bro. We're making it even better for you if you're a first-time user. There's a lot of years of years. <laughs> We're making it even better for you if you're a first-time user of SeatGeek. Next time you add some tickets to your cart, use our promo code DTD at checkout to save $20 instantly off your first purchase as a first-time user. It's all you got to do to save some of that. Code on cash. Enter promo code DTD at checkout. I was thinking the other day, I don't even remember where I was or what I was doing, but I was thinking about that one time I did that ad read. Remember, it was like at the end of one of the episodes and you were asking me about a question or it was like, it was, we were talking about like college and I, and I remember when I built up that story and I had you just on the edge of your seat and then I was well, like, I hated you for a little bit. That was the best, that had to be the best ad read of all time. Extremely rude. And you never messed it up like you did tonight six times. So I will say that uh, we used that ad to our benefit because we are now going to a Rockies game for $13.72, I believe. All right, Nate, I already mentioned this on the show. So you're going to get on me for messing up the ad read, but you're basically over here repeating things that have already been said. So, Yeah, but I don't listen to you. And the fact is, is that I... I mean, officially realize that you can use different emails and use that code multiple times. Oh, so. true. Good call. I meant to men uh, wanted to mention that on the last episode where that's like a hack that I don't know if any people or if anybody on here knows about. Yeah. You just swap use, out. Just, just use a new email. Use a new email if you if you try because I don't know. Have you tried it, Nate, uh, using the same email? Does it? I'm assuming it shuts you down or like it rejects you from using it. Yeah, I think you type in the code and it said like code has already been used or expired or something like that. Okay. Yeah, because that's what they emailed me initially. And we're like, yo, if you're going to promote this, this is these are the details. So then I just put it in the ad read and didn't even yeah. try it. But I guess and you, I don't think you confirmed any, that. I don't think any executives from SeatGeek are listening to us right now. So I think we're in the clear. I think we're in the clear. So uh, y'all are welcome. There's a little hack for you if you're trying to just save $20 here, $20 there, $20 everywhere. Use promo code DTD with every email that you have. Heck, make up an email. Send us, you know what, in your review next time that you leave us, drop in the email that you made up because, I mean, that's that's a pretty creative story. Uh, but, yes, that is a hack. But what I was going to say before you jumped in with your obnoxiously long ad read was yeah, that was me obviously a lot of a lot of talk on mannequin and it just gets my blood boiling talking about it figured we could end on a positive note here with the whole mannequin topic so i'm in the mood for another giveaway didn't even make an error <laughs> didn't even make an error shockingly seems like he's he, making he one every a, game now he made an error in life i'm gonna give away some decals and and a bracelet so how should we do this, Nate? Do we want to make this like interesting? I don't want to just say first person to message me. Like, let's make this a little interesting. Yeah, yeah. We gotta we gotta come up with something here. Let's see. You know what? Make no, let's make this I'm gonna make this super easy. I'm gonna look up. I'm gonna just look up a random random baseball question and see who the first Ooh, person is. A little trivia? A little first person to message me back the answer. A little trivia. Um Hmm. What do, what should it be about, Nate? Hmm. I don't know. Don't go back too far. I feel like it's got to be something that we know, right? All right. Here's one. Oh, I don't even know if you know this. Who is the first major league player to have his number retired? Oh boy. 
Hmm. So there's your giveaway. First person to message me the answer to that gets some decals and a bracelet. Anyway. Feel free to cheat. It, I mean, you're probably going to have to unless you're yeah. a fan of this particular player slash team. Um, but anyway, let's move on to some uh, talk that you're relatively familiar with. Aroldis Chapman, a little bit yeah. of drama. It seems like this whole episode is is filled with drama. Like, th- this whole Chapman thing, what's up with our boy Ken Rosenthal putting out a false report about Chapman... One million percent opting out of his contract. Yeah. What What are we doing? I, I mean, thought that, I thought that was your boy when you met up when you met up with him in the Bronx. You were dapping him up. Yo, what's up, Kenny we're boy? We're homies. We're homies. I shook his tiny hand. I said, "What's up, Ken?" And then he comes out with this garbage. <clears throat> Chapman quote one million percent will opt out of contract. Then later in the day. I follow Chapman on Instagram, and he goes, posts a couple of pictures of him pitching, and he goes, don't always believe what you hear in the media. Yankee 100%. Chapman swag, go Yankees. With, with two Gs. Chapman swag with two Gs. Yeah. Just thought I had to point that out. Um, so I don't know what Ken is doing, because in that same article, it talks about how uh, – I've honestly never really heard his last name said the right way or the wrong way, but it's Brian Hotch, Hoach, Hawk. I don't know. But uh, he uh, basically covers the Yankees, and I think he write, he's got a couple of books out on them or whatever. And in the article it says that his report from Aroldis Chapman is that it's completely false. He's not opting out. So I don't understand what Ken Rosenthal is talking about. Um the truth is the dude's got one of the biggest reliever contracts in the game. Um, and he's living his best life in New York. Like every post I see on social media is him with like all different Louis Vuitton socks, pants, capris, belts. I think he's got a man purse thing going on. Um, the dude just is on a different level as far as I don't want to say swag, but it's like it's just everything swag with two g's he accessorizes the guy is like was made for new york city and you can definitely tell that he's enjoying life so between the contract the fact that he loves nyc and not to mention that he's you can kind of tell that the stuff is starting to go downhill a little bit he's not the 103 104 anymore he will still go 100, 101, but it's not as much. And he's starting to learn how to throw a little bit of a slider. So he's learning how to pitch differently. It's not really just throwing it anymore. And for me, like if your stuff is dwindling, why would you opt out? And you're already making a bag. So like, what, what's the point here? What did I tell you, man? That blown save. Oh, my God. It's Darno. Uh, he, he's, ne- he's never going to recover from that. Right, because he never, yeah, he's never had a blown save before. I'm, I'm just telling you, Nate. You mark my words, put it in stone. He is not recovering from that ever. Make this that is a quote the, graphic. Please. This is you the beginning. Just get absolutely freaking shredded. This is the beginning. The this is the beginning of the end. Please make this a quote graphic. Please. It's the beginning of the end, Nate. Uh, I told you, I texted you, I said... You said this is the beginning of the end or whatever. He's never recovering from this. And I sent the laughing and crying emoji. Because that's a that's a joke. That's an absolute yoke. <laughs> a yoke. There's no way that he's going to struggle at all. Nate, when was, when was that game? Was that the 15th? Sure, I don't know. Nate, uh, he hasn't pitched in a game since then. Yeah, because he went three straight days. No, Nate, I'm just simply t- I'm stating a fact here. He hasn't pitched in a game cool. That's since fine. then. So yeah. maybe, I, no, maybe, maybe I misspoke by saying this is the beginning of the end. Maybe we're already at the end. Maybe that was it. Is this the last time <laughs> you've seen Chapman in a Yankees uniform? You're an idiot. But we can talk about how Yankees took three out of four from the Rays. I mean, that's like, not that's not important. I'm asking you about Aroldis ah, Chapman. This right, is the guy that we're talking about for our uh-huh. second topic here. Yeah. Is is this the last we've seen of him? 
dude's a stud. I'm not sweating it. You need to make this quote graphic so you can get absolutely wrecked. This is the end of the end for Chapman. <laughs> no, but for real, you're asking why would you opt out? Uh, from what I've heard in my research, or whatever, from what I found in my research, um, he would likely make more than 15 a year, which is what he'd be making in 2020 and 2021. That's a lot of 20s. Uh, so it's almost a thing where it's like, why not consider it? Because we, we all know that a, a closer in today's game is, I don't, I don't want to say today's game, but at least in the last couple of years, a closer has been hard to come by, uh, a, right. like a steady, reliable closer. And yeah, I mean, he might be dwindling a little bit, but I mean, he still has the stuff and he can help a team close games out yeah i mean unless travis darno's at the plate but that's beside the point um so it's like why not why not consider it why not i mean i'm all for the whole like i'm all in yankees 100 blah 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 at least for the time being kind of like you're into the yankees for 100 shutting that distraction out yeah i mean because i don't really like the guy so it's any guy that i don't like i want him to you know this i want him to be on the yankees it just multiplies my my dislike for said player. So please stay on the Yankees. I don't like you. Um, Who's your closer? So anyway, uh, <laughs> what I was saying is, don't rule it out if you're Chapman. Like yeah, you can we, you can we... very likely make more than fifteen million a year because you know a team is going to overpay just to get you on the club. Well, I won't say right. overpay, we... but they're gonna they're gonna at least bump you up a little more than 15 million. No, you're totally right. We haven't seen what it looks like when a closer gets greedy and tries to go to free agency. We haven't seen that yet. So maybe he'll be the first one. I feel like we have a lot of sarcasm in this episode. I don't really like you right now. (laughs) You're about one more sarcastic comment from getting booted from this show. You're out. You're gone. You're done. We'll see ya. Uh, but no, would you, would you say that it would be smart on the Yankees to maybe renegotiate the remaining two years of his contract? Or do you think they should hold firm with where they're at, given that the deal at the time was, I mean, you mentioned it being the biggest closer deal of, of all time. I don't know if that's accurate. I I think it at the time, I don't, I don't know, but I mean, I'm pretty sure, um, what's his face with the giants, um oh man i can picture his face source with an m this is the last name i don't know that uh you manning no we're gonna go with the san francisco giants well i mean you said giants m so i mean just oh man it's gonna bother me now help me i know you know the answer dude i don't know how far back are we talking mark melanson yes oh yeah he signed that deal and then the and then the yankees signed her all just like two minutes later with a bigger deal that beat his record-breaking deal, right? I'm sorry, did you say um, I rolled his Chapman and beat? Seems to go hand-in-hand. <laughs> no, that's not what it was. Scumbag. That's not what it was. Don't do that. Roldis Chapman didn't do anything to his wife. That was one thing that was thrown out. Wasn't even, there's no, th- there's no thrown fists. There's no kicks. Charges were dropped. Anyway, truthfully, if I'm the Yankees, yes, I would extend Aroldis Chapman. Extend I think or renegotiate? Because those, are, I would, those are two different things. I would extend with a little more money on the extension years. I don't think I would renegotiate. I think I would incentivize him to stay after these two years are up and uh, and maybe get you know five or six more million dollars a year or whatever. I'm trying to trip um, you up on your own words here. You said you think his stuff is dwindling, but yet you want the Yankees to com- to commit to him beyond the next two years? I think his stuff is dwindling, but I think he's learning how to pitch now, which is what I said earlier. He's not just throwing anymore. Sorry, I don't listen to what you say, so I, I must have missed I've that. I realized that. So we're seeing him learn how to pitch, and that slider has become kind of gross. So now he's... Yeah, not 103, 104, but he's still in like 99, 100 with a pretty nasty slider. 
So he's learning how to pitch. And I think the truth is, is that it's uh, kind of a question mark around Dylan Batances right now. Um, there's been like reports over the last few years that he doesn't like the way he's been treated during arbitration hearings. Um, so we're talking about, you know, that bullpen, at, at least on the back end, become kind of shaky uh, possibly next year. So I would lock it down with Chapman, yes. Um, but if he's posting stuff on Instagram saying, you know, Yankees 100%, I don't think I'm sweating it too much. Very well. All right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap up the Yankee talk because that doesn't interest me in the least. Uh, let's talk Ooh. Hector Neris. Who? Exactly. The Phillies closer dropping a major F-bomb to the Dodgers dugout after, I guess that would have been today's game, right? Isn't that when we got the notification? I'm getting my days mixed up. Yeah, kind of, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it was today's game. Uh, and then... Yeah, so drops the F-bomb to the Dodgers dugout. Dodgers kind of like hang around in, I don't want to say shock, but they're just like, what just happened? So they don't immediately exit the dugout. They kind of hang around. So then Max Muncy after the game, shockingly, he's apparently like the savage of Major League Baseball, or so he thinks. Uh, Of course, has a soundbite ready after the game. He said he's blown about eight saves against us over the last two years. I guess he was finally excited to get one. As we all know, not a fan of Muncie after his uh, inability to acknowledge proper bodies of water correctly. Uh, but I got to give it to him. I mean, that's a pretty good line. I'm very okay with that line. I mean, I- I'm all right with it. But here's the thing. You got to look at it in the context of the entire situation. You and I had talked about, before we hopped on air, how he, Max Muncie, and Matt Beatty, which you mentioned, you just, I don't know if you saw the fact that it happened twice back to back. Max Muncy and Matt Beatty both stepped on Reese Hoskins' ankle, uh, like I said, on back to back plays. So I don't know if you saw that it was back to back. I did not. Yeah. So that adds a little bit of a, a little bit of context to this whole thing. Interesting. Um, so you got Muncy out here just throwing shade, but. Apparently, nobody really wants to talk about the fact that Reese Hoskins is just getting destroyed down there at first base for no reason when, as we all know, you have all of first base to step on. So it's like the fact that that would happen on back-to-back play. Like we rarely see guys get have, like have their ankle stepped on as a first baseman, but the fact that it happens on back-to-back plays seems a little fishy to me. And it's interesting as I've, as I've seen on social media right now, the reaction is kind of like, why aren't we talking about this more? Like, why are we just talking about the F-bomb? So it's interesting how all of this is kind of coming together. And I don't know if you saw uh, in the news from earlier this week, our guy Hector actually got suspended on Wednesday uh, for three games for hitting David Freeze on Tuesday. So if you didn't so know... He's appealing. Yeah, he's appealing. So he was able to. He was he was available Wednesday and uh, tonight Thursday. Um, so it's like if you didn't know anything about the situation and all you heard was he comes out, drops an f bomb to the Dodgers, you probably look at that and you're like, "Wow, what a tool!" But then when you <laughs> add the fact that uh, he got suspended, uh, some people will say rightfully so. Some people will say, "Ah, it didn't look intentional." Uh, and then you add the added layer of the Max Muncy, Matt Beatty stepping on Reese Hoskins' ankle detail, then it's like, okay, you kind of see why this guy was a little amped up. So my biggest thing with this whole situation is I would love to see a dot. And I know, I feel like I say this anytime beef starts up between two teams, but I would love to see a Dodgers-Phillies rivalry. Like two teams that a lot of people love to hate for whatever reason, just going at it, I, especially if you got Max Muncy over here, the guy that failed freaking geography in elementary school. And then you got Bryce Harper on the Phillies. You got a number of other characters that people just love to hate. I'm all in on this potential rivalry. I'm kind of down as well. I'm kind of down as well. I think um, what game of the series was this? Uh, it looks like it was the 
fourth and final game of the series. So this was a four-game series. Ah, too bad. I wonder when they – do you know when they uh, match up again? Um, Doesn't look like – unless it's they later do. in the season. Yeah, I don't think they do. It might mm-hmm. have been oh, brutal. That might have been our only taste of it. Yeah, so I don't see anything going on from here. What a bummer. But uh, so far, what, what's his name? Hector or something? <laughs> you really don't know who this guy is. I really have no idea who Hector this guy Nearest. is. Hector Nearest. He's the Phillies closer. Nearest. I think I've talked about him before, but it wasn't based on any knowledge of what type of player he was. The guy seems like he is headed towards the bum list eventually. Um, but I get what you're saying. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll stop you. I'll stop you right there. Like I said, I think when you take into consideration, you see your first baseman, which unless there was some added layer that we don't know about where Reese Hoskins was like chirping guys at first or something, which highly unlikely. Yeah. You, you see your first baseman get, I mean, we all know that that's a very dangerous play and a lot can go wrong on that. And when it happens yeah. twice back to back, and you and you become when you're made aware of that. I'm gonna be a little amped up too, and I mean I'm not sitting here condoning the f bomb and all that, but like I can understand. Like I'm coming from a a place of understanding in terms of like where that emotion is coming from. So all I mean right, so I don't I'll, I don't think I were I don't think we're gonna add him to the bum list. I mean unless he does something just completely off the wall. What we're saying is that we're just going to start giving players much more credit for their acting abilities. Is that what you're telling me? Because once Muncie like made contact with his foot, he immediately like turned around and reached back towards him. And that kind of tells me that, I mean, that was obviously something Machado didn't do when he did it to Aguilar. No, no, no. I mean, you're totally right. I saw the video of Muncie and I, I thought the same exact thing before I even kind of read into the situation. I saw the Muncie video and I was like, Oh man, like clearly just, like had a mental lapse, just didn't realize where he was stepping, blah, blah, blah. Like I thought the same thing too, but it's just weird to me that it's, I keep using this phrase. It was just an added layer to this whole situation, knowing that, uh, Norris was throwing at, uh, David freeze. He was getting tar. Yeah. He's getting tossed. Um, and then you got the whole, like, I don't know. It just seems like there was a little bit of beef there. And so not to say that Muncie did it on purpose necessarily, but it just leads you to think like, I don't know. Something's a little fishy going on. It is definitely fishy and I can't disagree with you. And I also can't say that Max Muncie won't eventually be on this bum list. Who knows? Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I thought Muncie was already on the bum list. Uh, not for me. Not, he's not there yet. Oh, that's right. We were we were completely in disagreement on this. You were like, "Oh, I'm all in on this. Bumgarner's a bum. Muncy's the greatest player of all time." Wow, way to completely blow my stuff out of proportion. No, blow it out of the ocean. Ah, 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 ah. The bay. Um, Techni- no, technically, it's a cove, but I guess we're just gonna slide past that anyway. I hate you a little more now. So we can slide past that. I was <laughs> I was leading you on, man. I was before we hopped on air, I was like, dude, I'm struggling. But I was I was ready to roll. Now I had I had all the ammo ready. I am good. Yeah. You're a little spicy now. Now I uh one, I'm cool with players talking to each other. Two, I think it's a little lame to yell at someone after the game's over if that makes sense like i would i mean as I would a closer be... when else is he going to talk to players from the bullpen no like no no, no. like i'm <laughs> saying if we're gonna have if we're gonna have anything can you see him I, just I yelling know. from the bullpen through the fence hey yo man you suck no it's like, it's like an umpire did somebody it's say like an something umpire tossing someone after the game's over like what what was the point of that it's it's like I don't want this guy talking noise after like if if you're on the bump for the whole ninth inning, talk noise while you're on there. Make so I don't know. I didn't watch the game, so maybe he did, but like I don't know. It just seems kind of soft after the outcome. You know what I'm saying? It's like talking smack 
after it's already done. Like you don't have confidence in how you're going to perform during. So that's what I mean by that. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I think, I think, I think think the initial reaction, which I don't know if you saw it, but he like, I think he like patted his glove and like yelled or something, which like, I'm cool with like a lot of closers do that. But yeah, Yeah. I mean, I can kind of agree with what you're saying about like with the whole, like dropping the F-bomb thing after the fact. Yeah, I kind of get it. Yeah, it's a little much, but whatever, man. I I don't know if they're going to see each other in the playoffs. I don't know if the I don't know if the Phillies got it. What do you think? I mean, Central's too real, and they're definitely getting one of the wild card spots. All I'm gonna say is look out for my Washington Nationals. Look out for my watch. What did I say, Nate? What did I say at the beginning of the year? I said that the Nationals were going to win the Amer- the National League East. Why? Because they didn't have to deal with the Harper saga anymore. And I said they're finally, which not, I mean, I'm yes, I'm aware that they won the division with Harper there. That's not my point. I'm saying. The Are you fact, also aware that they're five and a half games back? Nate, it's July 19th. I'm not concerned. People were writing them off like a handful of weeks ago. They were like, no, nah, this team won't even make the playoffs. They're a game and a half up in the wild card race, and they're five and a half back. They're seven and three in their last ten. I thought we were talking about the Phillies. Why are we going on the Nationals now? Because you said I don't think you're going to see them in the playoffs. We're talking. I mean, the Phillies—they might not even be in the postseason, much less see the freaking Dodgers in the playoffs. Yeah, they're half game back from the second spot. I also needed a plug to talk about the Nationals, because they deserve some recognition for the way they've been playing lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, yes, not likely. And let's hope, let's hope that this, first of all, this this train gets to whatever station it's going to. Goodness, that's loud. Uh, but <laughs> let's hope that this doesn't turn into one of these situ- uh, situations where it like, carries over to next season where it's like they meet up in like August or something in 2020 and you got guys throwing at each other's heads. Yeah. Yo, remember no. that last year? Like, come on. No. Nope. We've seen that happen. I think something happened this year like that. And we, I think we talked about it or maybe it was late last year. Something happened where it's just like, just grow, like get past it to grow up, move, move, forward we don't need to be bringing things from past seasons like that's just ridiculous i hope this doesn't turn into that i agree uh well that's what we got for the meaty topics i think it's time for just a few deems real quick because your boy is a little sleepy little sleepy running low it's 3.07 out here on the East Coast, my guy. All right, let's send it. Uh, Isaiah asks, what do you think about extended nets going to the foul poles? Uh, I think we briefly touched on it. Um, a little bit. Very, very briefly. Uh, but I'm all for it. I'm, I know that I've expressed like some traditionalist views and some purist views on here. More times than not, but this is one of those things where it's like, this this doesn't affect your viewing experience. Like people, this is an example I always use. People flipped out when we introduced the whole replay reviews thing. But at the end of the day, are people today really getting all that upset about that? No. In fact, I'm thinking the general consensus is that people like them more than they originally hated them because oh look they actually get the calls right so this is one of those things where it's like to me it doesn't fundamentally change your viewing experience it helps prevent these just devastating uh foul balls that seem to find kids more often than not that can't really defend themselves like there why does that happen so much i i don't know it seems this year there's just been a lot of it like i i was actually watching sunday night baseball that that one game, I think it was in Houston, where the uh, 
I think a kid got hit in the head or something. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, why, why would you be against this? And if you're one of those people where it's like, oh, pay attention to the game. Okay, the thing I always say is us baseball players, if, if you've played the game before, you know that you don't even pay attention to every single pitch for nine innings. So how True. can you expect your average baseball fan how can you expect your average parent who's there with their three kids to be tuned into every pitch? Like that is the True. lamest excuse ever. True. Not to mention a ball that's coming at you at like 110 with no glove and it's slicing and dicing, starting three rows behind you and all of a sudden it smokes you in the face. Right. If, so, if these people were able to defend themselves, like you're claiming that they should be able to, they would be out on the field. So like <laughs> figure it out. Yeah. Also, I'm not that weenie bringing my glove to the game. Figured out. Figured out. Uh, David asks, is it time for a fire sale of the pitching staff in Colorado? Before we get to that, can we just make a shirt that says figured out with a Canadian flag on it? Figured out. I like that. I would wear it. Uh, Fire sale, pitching staff, Colorado. Here's the thing. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that at... 16 and a half games back they're not going to win the division like i kind of anticipated them winning so i think july 19th we can kind of officially rule that out uh but you're only four games back from the wild cards so it's like i don't know i mean you you've been you've been kind of on that fringe of the division wild card uh what for what seems like the last few years now so it's like you're obviously familiar with that situation you're familiar with what it takes so it's like i don't know if if i'm them granted they're two and eight in the last 10 they've lost four in a row i don't know if i'm gonna be sellers if like if i'm them like you're only I definitely four games agree. back yeah definitely agree the four is uh still in contention for sure you're gonna be a buyer at that point not to mention you have um, a very good lineup they could go on a hot streak quickly and so more often than not, uh, their lineup is bailing out their staff. I get what you're saying. Pitching staff obviously hasn't been great, um, but I think they are definitely buyers, and it wouldn't make sense to sell on anyone. Um, same David asks a different question. What pitching moves do you think Minnesota will make at the deadline to stop mediocrity as of late? I would love to use this as a platform to further validate my decision i believe what last episode uh i think two uh maybe last one where it was last episode where i proclaimed that i was not on board with this minnesota twins team and if we're gonna talk facts here nate cleveland is eight and two in their last ten they've won five in a row won five in a row and they're only four games back they're moving the Cleveland Indians are winning the American League Central in 2019. It's it's a fact. Like no, that's not even like a bold take. That it's <laughs> that is that is baseball in this day and age. This whole Minnesota Twins fairy tale was great while it lasted. The Cleveland Indians are playing fantastic baseball right now. They're going to make the necessary moves at the deadline to secure a division and maybe possibly make a little run in October. Not likely, but they're going to win the division. That's a fact. Uh, I've got nothing to say. As far as moves go, um, yeah, I don't know if I have anybody specifically in mind pitching-wise. Um, I mean, I think I, I think list-wise, in terms of like trade list, isn't uh, I think Bumgarner has been mentioned like super briefly, but he just doesn't see, I don't think that that, that marriage is going to happen. Yeah. I don't see that fitting either. Stroman. I, I don't see happening. Stroman. I don't see, I maybe see like a, if they decide to spend some money, I could see a Granky type thing, you know, like I think I mentioned that before. Granky kind of seems like not seems like he's definitely weird and anxiety issues and stuff like that. So you really like, hate on that guy for that. You feel like you mention that every single time. Have to. And it's wildly think, unnecessary. Like I think other people in Minnesota are kind of weird too. So like yeah, I think you just alienated an entire <laughs> state of listeners, which I mean I don't even know if we have any Minnesota listeners. 
Minnesota people are definitely their own types of people. And all I'm saying is that we've kind of had the cranky Midwest situation happen in Kansas City already. So why not just go up a little further north into Minnesota and be, be a twin? Um, plus, like, still, obviously, you and I are in the same boat. No one really respects the twins even now. So, like, he's not going to have any spotlight. Seems like a good fit. I don't know. That would help. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I haven't been following the twins uh, closely enough to know kind of what their needs are in terms of, like, starting pitchers or if they need help in the bullpen. I mean, we all know they've been playing pretty solid baseball up until this point, so it's like their needs couldn't have been that glaring. But I'm curious if there is a Twins fan out there that knows the specifics of it, kind of what it is, because, I mean... It's one of those things where it's like, what moves do you really need to make? I mean, sure, you've been quote-unquote mediocre as of late. I think they're like 5-5, and 6-4 the last 10, which last 10 isn't always the best stat to look at, but gives you at least a little bit of a glimpse into how they've been playing. Um, so it's like, sure, you've been quote-unquote mediocre, but it's like overall you're still playing good ball. So it's like, yeah, maybe you make an upgrade here or there, but it's not like at least from yeah. my perspective, there's not this drastic need to go out and it's not going to be a blockbuster thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Cool. Well, Nathaniel, Demetrius Reyes, that's all we talked about here in episode 81 of the three take the official podcast of dirt to diamonds baseball. Wow. I'm going to flip it to you for what they're not talking about. Perfect. Thank you, brother. Um, this may hurt our cause a little bit, buddy, but uh, we had a pitcher by the name of Steven Strasburg of your favorite Washington Nationals go absolutely off. Went three for three with a ding-dong that traveled 420 feet, had five RBIs and two runs against the Braves last night. Universal DH still. I don't even care. Yeah, sorry. I'm still going with the DH for sure. Um, next one. Looks like Noah Syndergaard is most likely staying for the Mets for now with an unnamed GM coming out and saying they're asking for a few arms and a leg. Thor is only 26, but having somewhat of a mediocre season by his standards with a 7-4 and four record, 4-5-5 four, five, five ERA, and 110 strikeouts in 112 innings. Um, but those stats aren't stopping the Mets from asking for every GM's favorite player and the firstborn child. Queens is definitely still a mess. Um, and as we mentioned before, and as most of you have seen by now, Jake Marisnik basically tried to end Jonathan Lucroy's career last week with a collision at the plate, but we did have a little retaliation action a few nights ago with, uh, I don't know this guy's name, No, it's N-O-E, No-E, No, Ramirez of the Angels. I don't, I don't uh, know, I don't know we. Uh, Mr. Ramirez received and is appealing a three-game suspension for aiming at Marisnik's head. During all of this, Albert Pujols was ready to fight the entire Astros dugout. Um, I think I'm ready, honestly, for the umpires to just let this stuff play out. Like, Manfred, like, he wants a rule change, just let these dudes throw some hands. I'm kind of down for that. And lastly, time to notch a tally up for us baseball fans out here. I'm sure a lot of you have seen um, Mr. Milwaukee Bucks MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo recently visit the Yankees in NYC. And uh, I'm sure you got to see him spend a little time in the cages before the game. Um, we got to witness one of the most athletic people on the planet look like an absolute fool uh, while trying to hit a baseball off of a tee. For anyone out there who's watched games and said, quote, how could he not hit that? Or, quote, what was he swinging at? Please go visit the nearest baseball facility, cage, field, or any ambitious kid's backyard and take a couple hacks. Then put that video on social media for all of us to laugh at and remember that baseball is pretty hard. Preach it. Can we recognize my flawless pronunciation on Antetokounmpo? All right, let's not get a big hit. Well, that'll do it for us. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it and leave that rating and review. Nate, how many stars? Uh, oof. Number of RBIs Strasburg had tonight, if you were paying attention. Boom. I was going to say how many stories up Travis Darno's home run off of Rolls Chapman was. 
Yeah, um, that's no doubt of here at the 315 mark. Yeah. Definitely Yankee Stadium home run. Massive dimensions there. What a moonshot. As always, thanks for <laughs> tuning in. We'll catch back up with you guys early next week. Don't go chasing curveballs, peeps. We love y'all, and as always, we're looking forward to talking more baseball with y'all soon. Until next time, stay filthy.